But honestly, it's funny. I'm less concerned about the number of followers and I'm more concerned about the quality of those followers. Hey, welcome to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast, the number one show for passionate physical therapists looking to start and grow an even more successful cash-based physical therapy business. I'm your host, Aaron Bauer. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, before we get to the episode, real quick, if you're new to the show or haven't picked up your Cash PT checklist yet, then you're definitely missing out. This checklist lays out all the steps you need to start a cash-based physical therapy business. If you want me to send that to you, then just text CASHPT to 444-999. That's C-A-S-H-P-T to the number 444-999. And you'll get this essential checklist. Now on to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is Aaron LeBauer, your host. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Alexis Sams. She is the owner of AZ Dance Medicine in Phoenix or the Phoenix area. She's probably in one of the other little towns and we'll get some uh, details from her in a minute. Alexis is a friend of mine. She's also one of my Platinum Mastermind members and she's had some amazing success and come a long way since I started working with her um, probably the first time a few years ago. So I want her to come on and share her success story with you so that we can dive into her business and how it's a little bit different than a lot of other businesses we've talked about. So Alexis, thank you for agreeing to join us on the show and taking time out of your day to be here. Oh, no. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super honored. I'm super humbled. Um, I'm excited to share my story because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot, of out, a lot of people out there who are kind of in the same boat as I am or in the same boat as I was, you know, thinking about taking that plunge. And um, I'm really just committed to helping that next person um, just – get as successful, get more successful than I, I will be and have been. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So can you give us a little um, sense about where you started? So when you got into, you've owned a practice for a few years. So can you talk about like, what were you doing at the time? When was it? And how did you decide you had to start something different than what you were doing? Um. Yes. Um, so it, it's it's really interesting. Um, even after graduating PT school, people have always been saying to me, um, you should open up your own clinic. And that's kind of all they would say. Um, so of course I would dismiss it and just be like, you're crazy. Like I'm just going to work an outpatient all my life. Like that's cool. That's what I want to do. Um, so owning a practice um, was never on my radar for the longest time. Um, and then when I graduated from PT school, um, just started working in general outpatient. I very uh, quickly moved into management positions, and, and that was cool. Um, but I've always been a dancer. Um, I've been teaching for over 20 years, so I've always taught classes in the evening. Um, and people started coming up to me, dance moms and stuff started coming up to me and, and asking me to look at their kid's ankle or their kid has back pain and what should they do about it um, after they figured out that I was a PT on top of a dance teacher. So. Um, a lot of sometimes I don't follow the rules, but most of the times I do. Um, so I established my LLC originally back in like 2009, just mm -hmm. so I could legally say to those moms, like, sure, I can help your kid 
and you can pay me and I won't go to jail. So um, that, that's legally like back when I started, but I didn't really think anything more of it. Like, like I said, I kind of just set up a little account, I had my paperwork, I was good. Um, well, so tell I, us about, so prior to that, so did you go to, like prior to PT school, did you go there straight after college or did, you know, tell us about your dance career. Like when did you start dancing and what is oh, that? That's dance. a big part of who you are. Yeah. I started dancing back when I was seven. Um, I just continuously trained all the way up through high school. Um, when it came to college, I originally started out um, pursuing dance in college, um, but just kind of looked at the industry. And I, at that time I wasn't that much of a risk taker. Mm -hmm. um, so as much as I love dance, I was like, well, I can always dance, but maybe have something a little bit more substantial in terms of having a career. So I kind of started looking towards um, something having to do with the body. Um, so my bachelor's was in exercise science. Still wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it, um, but still kept dancing. And at that time uh, in college, I started teaching a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, so I was transitioning out of dancing and into teaching more. Um, and then just kind of through research, I kind of developed an interest. I, I knew I loved teaching and I knew I loved the body. And I wanted to put them together somehow, but I didn't know how. Um, I thought I was going to be um, a university instructor at some point. I thought about getting my MFA in dance and then just somehow morphing some type of body science in it and teaching for a dance department. Um, and, and then just through my research, I came across the profession of physical therapy. And I was like, okay, that's kind of like a body science. I don't have to go to medical school, but I'll learn some really cool, like, you know, body related stuff. And I can take that back to, to the college and, and teach something. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's okay. kind of how I stumbled upon PT. It, I, I don't have that necessarily traditional story of like being injured and going through PT and that inspiring me. That wasn't necessarily my inspiration. It was just figuring out how to do what at the time I thought I was going to do. Mm -hmm. So physical therapy was just kind of like, Oh, that's the way I can do. That was just an actual extension of what you wanted versus you got injured or you know, you tried a couple of other things. Yeah. I, I kind of identified it as like the vehicle to get me to what I mm -hmm. wanted to be doing. Not necessarily, mm -hmm. like I said, a, a huge inspirational story. Right. What, what kind of dance did you do or specialize in or like the most? Largely ballet. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where the bulk of my training was. Um, and then just also trickled into jazz and modern dance. Um, I didn't do too much hip hop and I didn't do too much tap. You yeah. don't want to. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> well, I used to do, uh, well, I grew up ball, learning ballroom dance. Oh, nice. And um, when I, on my last clinical rotation in California to keep myself busy, um, and I was there for six, six months and my wife was on the East coast. I did a lot of, uh, I learned how to do, um, Lindy hop and some Charleston. And I was, I already knew East coast swing, but I was like, I got to learn this Lindy hop thing. Cause it was big out there. Nice. I never so, knew that about you. How are you holding back on me? I never knew that about you. Well, you know, there's a lot of little things about me that you may not know. And, uh, and you know, so, you know, there you go. I just thought I'd, let, I thought I'd share that with you cause I'm sure you didn't know. And a lot of other people listen probably don't know. I did not know that, but you look like you'd be a good ballroom dancer with like your stature. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't that great at. I didn't really like waltzing and bo you know, with a box step thing and you know that other stuff. I really, I, I dug. I, I love Lindy because there's spaces in there where you can just be creative. Yes, you can be out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so tell it like. 
so physical therapy, dance medicine. Okay, so what was going on in your job that, I mean, was it just that people were, were, were asking you to do this or was there some part of your job that wasn't allowing you to feel like creative or like, because I, I do know that there was a little bit of something, but you were sticking with your job for a long time. So it wasn't that you were unsatisfied with your job, was it? I was, I, I started getting increasingly more dissatisfied with my job. Um, I kind of started job hopping, but I'll, I'll be honest, it, it took me a really long time to identify that ultimately I needed to branch out on my own um, and, and create what is now AZ Dance Med. Um, I, I, it it kind of just, it slowly kind of just nagged at me, but I couldn't identify exactly what it was. I knew I loved teaching. Um, I knew I loved dance. I, I knew I loved the body. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite know for a very long time how to put those together. Um, so I dabbled in um, outpatient you know, your traditional outpatient clinics and trying to build a dance program within my clinic and trying to reach out to the dance community that way. That didn't work. Um, I tried um, home health to give me flexibility just to work with more dancers, um, teach more at more studios and kind of just hang around and hope for somebody that, you know, talk to me about working with their dancers. That wasn't really going anywhere. Um, I worked for um, a PTA program um, as an adjunct professor um, here in Phoenix for a couple of years. Loved it. I, I loved the the teaching, the organization, the mentoring. Loved all of that. And there was still just something just picking at me. And I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, and then one day in 2016, I just woke up and I was just like, I I have to start a clinic. I have to start a business. Like mm-hmm. literally. I had, I was just like, what am I saying? And, um, and I went into my office, um, the office of my supervisor. And I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm dropping half of my classes. I went back to home health just because I needed a little bit more flexibility. But in 2016 is when I really started to take a, it was when I committed to my business. Mm-hmm. It was really the first time that I was just like, I, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing but I've got to do something. This just, everything that I'm kind of spinning around and, and it's just not right. Um, so that's when I started really looking for solutions to move my business forward. And that's probably when I started following you, mm-hmm. like on, on, on social media and stuff. That's when I kind of started following you and all the other leaders in terms of like cash PT practice and stuff like that. That's when I started kind of looking and seeing what everybody else was doing. Mm, right on. So why was that? Why was that important for you to do it? Um, one, why was it important for you to do this, anyways? Like, why was it so? Like, have you figured out like why? Like, what, what's the real reason why? And then why was it important to not deal with insurance? Um, the number one reason why it wasn't why it was important for me not to deal with insurance was so that I could treat the the way I know how to treat um, in, in terms of my population being the DS community. And I know that's a very common thought across many cash PT practice owners, um, but specifically for for dancers or and even for competitive athletes, you know, we can we can extrapolate it to um, that population. But for me and my dancers, 
you know, I have dancers that come in on Sunday that need to be on the stage on Wednesday. And we don't have time for two to three times a week for four to six weeks and wait on a doctor's prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, you know, um, days and days and days built into a schedule to get them, you know, where they need to be. And I have the skills to be able to get a quick response and, and get their bodies responding in the way that they need to be in, in the time manner that they need it. Um, and I need to ha- I needed to have the environment that would be conducive for me to do that for them. Um, and that's not going to happen in your traditional outpatient clinic. Um, I actually, I actually remember vividly one time I was working for a, a very big, you know, they're very big, like corporate, one of those corporate PT businesses. Um, and I actually got written up because ultimately the way I was treating, I had too many units of manual, mm-hmm. which wasn't bringing in too much reimbursement. And I had too low uh, or too few units of modalities and therapeutic exercises. I was really heavy into filling my manual and my neuromuscular re-ed um, because that's what the people needed. And they were getting better faster. My visits right. per patient, um, my, my visits per patient or plan of care was like 50% lower than everybody else. And everybody loved me. Everybody wanted to be on, all the patients wanted to be on my schedule because I got people better faster, but it wasn't good for business. So I actually got written up once for it. And I was like, okay, that's wrong. Okay, I can't really be here much longer. That's just not right. But I, at the same time, I could appreciate it. I I could totally appreciate from a business aspect. That's not where I they needed me to be for business. But that wasn't right for the patient. Mm -hmm. You know, patient doesn't need two to three times a week, four six weeks. Why why are we making them do it? You know, aside from the fact that that's what the business. So, um, so yeah, that that was just another component of ultimately um, what led me to branching out. Um, and the last, the last thing that kind of was like the tipping point is I kind of just, I, I really just started believing that I could. Mm-hmm. U- ultimately, I was spinning my wheels because I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, never thought of myself as a business owner, I had no idea how to do that. Um, you know, I always thought small business owners were these like super rich people that lived and vacationed in the Hamptons. And that was never something that was ever presented to me as anything remotely close to what I could do or become right. or achieve. So I just never really went there um, until the time in 2016 where I just was like, I've, I've got to try. Mm-hmm. I know I have skills. Yeah. I know I can do something. When, when did you figure out that you could believe that you could do it? That was that was in 2016 when I mm-hmm. when I walked into the office at at the PTA program and I just I told them that I couldn't do this anymore and and I didn't know exactly what the next step was but I knew I needed to start taking steps and they were happy for me mm-hmm. my like the the clinic and I'm sorry the the program director she was ecstatic she was like she was kind of like well it's about time <laughs> you know she I think she was secretly waiting for it um, because she knew that it was a um, still a strong passion of mine. She knew I had these skills. I talked about it before. Um, I used it in a lot of conversations when I was teaching the other PTA mm-hmm. students. So she knew when mm-hmm. I came in, she was just like, go for it, which was a sigh of relief and another just nudge of encouragement that I was going in the right direction. Right. So what was going on between that point when you said, okay, 
I'm going to do this back in 2016. So it's like went from 2009 to 2016, like seven years with like this little tiny thing on, on the side. And now you're committing to it. What changed between then and late, you know, last year when we started working together, like when did you, like, what was the big shift? Cause remember when we first, we, not, I don't know when we first talked, when we talked last summer, you were asking me some questions and you were still working in another job. And it seemed to me that you were still a little too comfortable, you know, cause you had a really good job that allowed you to do some stuff. So what was the shift that got you from there to where you are now, which is you're not working for someone else and you're going all in with your business. Like what, what shifted? I think it was the, the next step in believing. I mm-hmm. had a couple. So in that time between 2016 and when I ultimately came to the Denver sit-in, mm-hmm. um, I had started, I had kind of advanced my, my, my side hustle to a bigger side hustle. Um, I had started seeing people mobily in their homes. I had a couple of stu- uh, dance students, a couple of professional dancers that I dotted around the city and started seeing in their homes. And that started growing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of like took a leap of faith and got a tiny, like 150 square foot just to fit my table in a closet space. Mm-hmm. Um, so on top of the mobile, I could have a couple people come to me. Um, and that was the next step. And it still was just not enough. Um, like I, I just kind of had that nudging inside of me just saying like more, there's more, you're supposed to be doing more. And you know, I'm like, really? Like, are you serious? And the other side of me is like, uh, yeah, more. Um, (laughs) on top of that, um, I was still doing home health Mm -hmm. because at the time I thought it would keep me flexible enough to still do my mobile, still work, you know? So kind of like in it back in 2019, I was like, or I'm sorry, 20, 2009, I was kind of like 25% AZ dance men and 75% other stuff. Mm-hmm. And by like the 2016 to last year, I was kind of like 50, 50. Okay. Um, and uh, home health started getting increasingly agitating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the, the um, documentation time started getting more and more and more. My territory started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I was driving further and further to see one person. Um, it was just getting really stressful. And I was just feeling that nudge again. Um, and that's what ultimately led to that second call that we had. And, and then that's what led me to the Denver sit-in. Right, right. Do you remember what you were calling me about? No. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. But it was – I remember – Sorry, the thing to put us on top of each other. I remember like you had some questions like, Aaron, I need to go over this stuff because I'm struggling with it. But I was like, okay. I remember thinking, right, you're too comfortable, which is what a lot of people get. You know, they get too – it's like if, you, if, if your boss tells you we can't work with you anymore, you know, or they give you a pink slip or you really hate your job. Like you didn't really hate it. It was okay. You know, you were tolerating it. I was tolerating it. Yeah. I was in that B zone. Yeah. So what was it that that made you realize like, yeah, I can't tolerate this anymore? I think everything just kind of started get like I said, like the documentation, the driving, it just started getting more and more and more mm-hmm. agitating. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just started getting more and more and more. Um, and that kind of led me that combined with, I was, you know, my, my clients for AZ dance bed were trickling up 
a little bit more and a little bit more. And then I got a little phone call from a studio and then I got a little bit of this and I was just like, okay, it's like people are starting to get to know me. Mm -hmm. Um, I got in your, um, I got in your download about G suite. Mm -hmm. That up and I was like, okay, I I can do this. This is easy. And then I got in your dominate Google book Mm -hmm. in 30 minutes or was it, is it 30 minutes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. My point is it took me a little bit longer than that, but I did it. Right. Um, <laughs> I had to go through it a couple times, but I had started putting like a little bit more effort into like my website and stuff and getting that a little bit more optimized. And I started seeing that climb up that you talk about in the Google mm-hmm. book. Like mm-hmm. I started coming up a little bit higher in the searches and stuff. And, you know, people started sending me a couple more messages here and there. And I was just like, oh, oh okay. So it was kind of like the, the scales were kind of just tipping a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let me me ask you, um, you know, a common question that people have is that, Oh, dancers or professional dancers or professional athletes, they don't have any money. Mm -hmm. You know, are you finding that that's the case or is there something different you're doing for the professional dancers or is there something different you're doing so that they're like, see the value in how you can help them? Um, ultimately I'm learning there no, in, in the sense of, or in the question that you're specifically asking, mm-hmm. I'm learning that they're no different from anybody else. They have the money, but they mm-hmm. recognize the value. Right. Um, and I'll put it this way. When I kind of like first started, I've got dancers who come to see me with Gucci backpacks and wearing Lululemon leggings and driving better cars than I have. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they hustle, they travel a lot, they get their work done, um, and that's their lifestyle. They, they have it. They have them. They have the funds just like anybody else. Now, just like any other population, that's not all of them. Um, so, you know, I have payment plan options, um, and most of them take it. Um, I did just start an ambassador program that exchanges some services, or just being my foot traffic because right mm-hmm. now there's just one of me. So they help with my community events. They help um, promote uh, what I do to areas that I'm not quite re- reaching out to quite yet. Um, and that's an exchange for some services and things like that. Um, that's just a very limited program. They have to apply to be in it and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then ultimately the bulk of my um, business right now is not with professional dancers. It's with um, Phoenix has a huge dance studio, private dance studio um, community, um, huge competitive dance studio population. So the vast majority of my clients are, are adolescents. Mm, so their parents okay. are, yeah. and their parents will pay. Um, right. so once I kind of stepped into what I can deliver um, on a consistent basis, uh, pricing increasingly got a lot easier for me. And it continues to get easier. I, I continue to work on different programs, different ways of communicating my value and things just continue to grow and get better. That's awesome. So, you know, I, it sounds, I, I know that you're not doing this and a lot of people think, Oh, well, I'm going to work with kids. I work with high school baseball players. Well, it's like, yes, their parents are the customer. So how can you tell us a little bit about how you navigate? Okay. I've got, um, little, uh, I don't know. What's, what's a little, what's the most popular high school kids name these days? Oh, Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. Caitlin. Or do you have a perfect, uh, like your avatar? Does your avatar have a name? 
Um, my, it probably, I mean, I do have a Caitlin who's a pretty good avatar. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can go with her. Caitlin. Okay. So Caitlin, so Caitlin's a dancer. She's got a problem. How do I, you know, most people will go after it. You're like, Oh, Caitlin's my customer. Right. Well, tell me, how do you, how do you get Caitlin to come in and see you um, and, and involve Mr. and Mrs. Caitlin senior? Like how, how does that whole conversation and, and process work? And was there a time where you didn't realize it was the parents or? No, I, I mean, I've always known that I had to get to the parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where social media comes in. Um, dance moms, uh, for the most part, some of them are dads. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to dads, but still the vast majority of them are still moms. Dance moms, um, just probably similar to any other mother. They're stealthy. They're smart. <laughs> they know what their kids are doing. Mm-hmm. So even though my social media presence is very heavy, um, most of the people who follow me on Instagram are dancers. They're kids, they're adolescents and professional dancers. Most of the people who follow me on Facebook are mm-hmm. their parents. Mm-hmm. So, I keep a, so I keep a pulse on both of them. Um, all of my posting is cross-posting. So whatever you see me posting on Insta ends up on my Facebook. So that kind of takes a care of a lot of it for me. Those moms are like really resourceful. They're picking up on my content. Um, and the vast majority of inquiries that I get are from parents. Mm-hmm. Like they're not from the kids themselves. They're like, and, and they talk. Right. Dance moms talk to each other. So I'll get the, the message that says, hi, I'm Becky. I talked to Susan and she said that you helped her daughter, Elizabeth. And um, I want you to help my daughter, Caitlin. That's where the message, or that's what the message typically says when it comes to me for mm-hmm. a first delivery. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the 99% of my growth right now is still word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything to um, cultivate word of mouth or is this just organic right now? Um, it's a lot more organic now that I'm officially a hundred percent AZDM, <laughs> um, in terms of, um, my work focus. Um, I am getting out, I'm getting my face and my ambassador's faces out into the community a lot more. Mm-hmm. I attend a lot more events, um, just to attend, just to, to show my face and my presence. I'm doing a lot more, um, community events that I'm working in terms of promoting informational tables, uh, a couple more sponsorships. Um, I'm also strategically taking on a couple more partnerships with area professional dance companies mm-hmm. and studios. So I developed my um, preferred PT provider program, which basically exchanges um, marketing and advertising benefits with them in exchange for like a reduced rate for services. Right. Um, so I get all my marketing, I get verbal shout outs and stuff. I get all of that for free. And then I just give them a discount for any of their active company members, which has been working out great. Um, so that's been helping me to kind of like cast a wider net um, and get my, my name out there. Um, my number of cold calls and just cold inquiries from people I've never heard of has like mm-hmm. skyrocketed <laughs> last night. Probably, honestly, since starting Mastermind. Yeah. Like, it, it, um, and it's funny because I'm like, who's this? And um, I have an assistant now, which I'm sure we were going to talk about. But I've been like messaging my assistant and I'm like, did you talk to this person? Do you know who this is? Because they just pop up on my schedule since I do online scheduling. He'll be like, no, I don't know who that is. I'm like, I don't know who that is. So I'm just getting like random people just making appointments for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's wondering, I've had two no-shows in the last five years. Wow. There's only been two people that actually did not show up and never 
rescheduled or anything, but made an appointment. Um, they, they make, they keep their appointments. Yeah, that's awesome. And then the discounts you're giving to company members, what, what kind of discount are you giving them? Um, they get the largest out of kind of like everybody. It's a 30% mm-hmm. off of my hourly, my, my base rate right now. Um, they have to be active company members and my mm-hmm. assistant does a quarterly um, follow-up with the with the business with the company director to get a roster because sometimes people come and go we want to make sure that we're only giving that information or giving that discount to the active company members um, but that's ultimately it mm-hmm. um, yeah okay awesome and then um, tell us about oh, yeah I was just gonna add, um, it seems like a steep, like I, I had to think about it. And I was like, that seems pretty high. But when I think about how much I'm saving in advertising for like mm-hmm. a full page color ad in every single program or a real shout out at every single event that they go to or the cross link, um, they have cross link and photo and logo um, between my website and theirs. Like when I kind of put that against a 30% discount, yeah. it's like nothing. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good. Fo- Thanks for asking the right follow up question. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's perfect. Like, that's a lot. 30%. It is like, a lot. Color but, ads these are expensive. Yeah. So. But at 30%, it's also not $75 either. No, it's still over 100. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's and still it's still, over 125. Yeah. Say that again. I think I was talking to you. I said it's still over 125. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And then, um, and then they're also responsible for a lot of your other business that are paying full price, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's great. And you've got, and so you're not just, you don't have to just have a clinic. You're traveling to other studios and other studios are paying you to travel around the country, um, do privates and workshops and things. Can you talk a little bit about that? How'd that get started and what are you doing with it? What does it look like? Yeah. So, um, how did that get started? Um, I think, I, I don't know. I guess I think just one day I just started saying, you know, or maybe somebody had asked me about an injury prevention class because that's kind of like the buzz right now in the dance community. Everybody's mm-hmm. like into injury prevention and everybody wants an injury prevention talk. Um, but I want it more. I want it to give more and I want it to see more happening. Um, so on January 1st of this year, I formally um, created an education division of my business um, that offers workshops and seminars um yes to students but mostly to instructors and studio owners to empower them about proper exercise um easy ways to assess your students to see you know how their performance is going um kind of give an insight into their risk for injury but simple things that they don't have to be a physical therapist to do and see Mm. um that they recognize early and then contact me um or contact somebody um, in my network of, of professionals who I know of across the country um, to help with their students. Um, I also have online trainings and offerings um, that, I, that I currently have that I'm still developing. Um, and that's a whole nother just wonderful little <laughs> ball of happiness that continues to grow. Um, so yeah, I have that whole division that carries me across the country um, training dancers, training instructors, performing assessments. Um, and that's just a whole bunch of greatness that I didn't even see taking off as much as it has as well. Actually, yeah. that's 
actually doing better than my actual clinic. Mm-hmm. Even though my clinic is doing great, it's the the education side is just super taken off. Wow, that's awesome. And you had over the winter for your winter break, you had what four or five studios bring you yeah. in. You had a little tour, right? I did my winter tour, and that that was kind of like inspired by you. You were just like, "You're traveling. Why are you? <laughs> Every time you travel, you should be booking something." I'm like, "I should be." Um, so I just kind of casted a net and ended up be, because I'm originally from the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, and I was planning on going home for Christmas anyway. So I just blocked off a few days before and a few days after Christmas, and I ended up booking um, workshops and assessments with five studios. So that paid for my my Christmas trip home, which was great and I got to work and do what I love on, on the day surrounding the holiday which was great so it was a win-win that's so awesome more of that in the future yeah yeah that's really that's that's really awesome that's cool um what kinds of things are you doing with that with that uh side of the business the education like what's the what are the next steps like how are you marketing it how are you um how are you getting the word out about that is it just people asking or you know, how did you book that, you know, five day winter tour? Like what were the things that you did? How'd you leverage that? Uh, Jesus booked that tour, number one. Um, <laughs> what, did, what did Jesus do through me? Um, it was just social media. And, mm-hmm. and my social media, like I, I'm really planning to really structure that and make that a lot more diligent. But I didn't even try that hard. I honestly just prayed and believed and I posted. Mm-hmm. I was. I posted specifically. I said, like, I have these days available for these states. So it was Virginia, uh, North Carolina, and like the D.C. Maryland area. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, who's in? Um, and then a couple weeks later, um, so you know, I had scheduled the time to meet up with you. So then I just really just targeted and just honed in on North Carolina. I was like, North Carolina. I got December seventeenth who's in like mm-hmm. this, this, you know, I started kind of just saying what I could provide and we'll just, they just, res- they responded. Um, I had a Google form that they could click on to let me know what they were interested in. And I, I gave kind of like the, the gamut of what I could do. And it just kind of, that's, it. <laughs> that's what happened. I, so I guess my, my point is it can be that easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. That it can. that's really cool yeah I mean you had built like a pretty strong following and and I mean but you don't have 10,000 people on Instagram I don't yeah I have I have I have 1,097 right now Mm -hmm. um which is that's probably before mastermind I probably had like 299 so we're talking about in five months I went from like a little over 200 and I'm about to hit 1100 followers um, on Instagram and kind of the the same proportional growth on Facebook Um, so I'm just looking forward to it to I'm looking forward to having it um, just continue to grow Um, but honestly it's funny um, I'm less concerned about the number of followers and I'm more concerned mm-hmm. about the quality of those followers. So right. I don't really get one more if it's one more person that's truly invested in what I can offer and truly is going to be a customer of mine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so awesome. Well, so what's next for AZ Dance Med? Like where, where are you going with all this stuff? Um, next is a larger space. 
<laughs> I know, uh, I know we, I kind of messaged you about that. I drove by it this morning. Mm-hmm. So, um, I drove by it. I peeked in the door and I was like, yeah, I want that. That is next. I want mm-hmm. it. It's going to happen. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, just continuing to grow, um, both the education division and my clinical division, um, continuing to tighten up my systems. Um, I've got a couple of value letters that still haven't been completely detailed and finalized. So I'm really just going to hunker down, um, and get those tightened up. So, um, I can start putting my offerings out on social media and, you know, out in the community to start just drawing in more business. Um, I'm deploying my ambassador. Um, she's got her assignment of a strategic studio that she's going to hit some foot traffic with. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a cute little like, you know, welcome basket. Um, and she's going to be going around letting people know what I can offer and offering that first free seminar, that first mm-hmm. free Q&A session. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's next. Just tightening up systems, deploying my team, moving mm-hmm. on and, and getting into that bigger space that I just saw that I, I want that it's just sitting there waiting for me. Awesome. And so where are you going to be in three years? Like what does three years look like? Three years. Um, I'm definitely in that bigger space in three years. Um, if it's not the one that I'm looking at now, it's going to be a better and bigger one in three mm-hmm. years. Um, in three years, I'm definitely going to have another clinician. Mm-hmm. Um, in three years, I'm going to have a full-time assistant, a full-time executive assistant, and maybe even an, another office assistant, just beefing up my team, mm-hmm. beefing up my team and expanding. I don't, I don't have on the radar a big expansion for more services. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good amount of content and projects and things that I already need to get out. So maybe just bringing those to fruition in the next years, nothing new, but just finalizing and completing and seeing the smooth cycle and and functioning of everything that I'm setting up. Wow. That's awesome. So why is that so important to grow for you? Grow bigger. Um, Why is that important? I think because it'll it'll be the realization of my dare to dream. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just like, for me, it truly was a dare to dream. Like I, I just saw myself as doing so little work and, and being okay with that and being like, I can impact this small group of people that weren't even dancers. You know, I'm just going back to, I'm just going to, work and maybe manage an outpatient clinic one day. That was like, that's what I thought my life was going to be. And I was okay with that. And I was like, I'm going to be happy with that. And now to see where I am now and to know that my, my mind and my spirit is open up to way bigger dreams and way bigger opportunities that I probably haven't even thought of yet. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, yeah, that's, that's why it's important. It's because I can, it's important because, I can. And I, I know that I can, I've seen that I can, and I know that I can do more and I need to do more. The community, more people like me. Awesome. Awesome. If there was one thing that you did um, in the last few years or since 2009, that um, if you had a do over that you would change, what would it be? I get this question a lot. 
And the reason that I hesitated is just to make sure that this is still my answer. It's still my answer and it's nothing. I wouldn't change anything because I'm a very firm believer that everything that happens, good or bad, is part of your story and part of your journey. And it's yours. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've come into the realization of just owning that and, and learning from that and growing from that. If one thing in my past had changed, I might not be here. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, and some people are like, well, you might be better. That's true. But that better wasn't meant for me. This is what's meant for me. And that's, and, and that's what it is. It's meant for me because it is me. So I wouldn't change anything. Um, maybe, maybe realizing that at an earlier time, mm-hmm. if I want to change something, maybe realizing that at an earlier time, just that what's meant for me is for me and what's meant for other people is for other people. And there is more than enough room and time and opportunity and clients and money for all of us to be happy and get what we all want. Wow, that's so amazing. If um, you were talking to someone else who was interested in starting a cash practice or starting a dance medicine practice or taking their business to next level, like what would what would be your number one recommendation for them? Because um, you know those do people it. are listening to this. Recommendation. <laughs> recommendation would be do it and call Aaron. <laughs> Um, but no lie, um, whether it's whether it's with somebody like Erin um, or somebody else, find a tribe, find someone who's done it, who can guide you and lead you. Um, find somebody who fits with you, um, because like I said, like I trolled social media. So I was looking at every, I was looking at Greg Todd. I was looking at Paul Goff. I was looking at Jared Carter. I was looking at Chad Madden. I was looking at that other guy who does the cash PT stuff who I don't remember his name anymore because he wasn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you, you got to find somebody who vibes with, with you and your spirit, who you connect with, who you feel like really understands you and what you're trying to achieve. Um, and for me, that was you, or that was Aaron. Um, you gotta, you gotta really find somebody who can really help and guide you because we can't do it on our own. Um, I'm personally, I'm super resourceful. I look things up, I read, I try to learn as much as I can on my own. Um, but I'm also resourceful enough to now know you can, you, you can get help. Like Mm -hmm. I am not afraid to ask for help. Aaron knows. I will message him anytime and ask him any question and he responds. Um, that is definitely been the single most important thing that's helped my business grow, especially in the last six months. Like the last six months have been like skyrocketing in terms of growth in business. Like I can't even think of another word. And it's because I now have one main person who supports me mm-hmm. and the whole mastermind group. Like we all share and support each other. And that has catapulted me so quickly in my business. It's, 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 I'm speechless. It's just so much. I can't even comprehend sometimes. Wow. That's so awesome. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I'm so happy for you. That's great. So thank you. (laughs) What, um, Alexis, if someone wants to stalk you, you know, no, I mean, not really stalk you, but like stalk your online internet presence. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to check you out online, see where you are, how do they find your website, social media, Instagram, 
Um, everything is AZ Dance Med. So my website is azdancemed.com. Um, Facebook is slash AZ Dance Med, or it stands for AZ Dance Medicine Specialist. Instagram is AZ Dance Med. Um, YouTube is same thing. AZ Dance Med stands for AZ Dance Medicine Specialist. Um, yeah, just AZ Dance Med. Just, you'll find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your story and you know, even having the opportunity to chat with you and work with you personally has been an honor for me. So um, thanks for sharing your knowledge and everything today. No, thank you. Like I said, I'm super humbled and honored and I hope, you know, I wish you continued success and I hope that my message hopefully will just speak to somebody for them to take their step, take your step, do it. You won't regret it. Awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. And for the Cash Media Lunch Hour, this is Aaron LeBauer with Alexis Sams, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for spending your time with us today. If you're a new listener, then thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources and links mentioned, as well as show notes, over at AaronLeBauer.com. If you found this podcast and information valuable to you, we would greatly appreciate a five star rating and review on iTunes and a shout out on social media wherever you hang out. 